Welcome to LOI Weekly, episode 19 of the second season with myself, Johnny Ward and Daniel McDonald on Podcast Republic, SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, and we're at LOI Weekly on Twitter. And don't forget to give us some reviews and ratings on iTunes. And uh, this week we have um, a different show because we're in the middle of the mid-season break now and one man who isn't on holidays. <laughs> why aren't you on holidays, Shane Sopel? <laughs> I just haven't yeah. done that yeah. reason why everyone else has gone away. You're broke. <laughs> no, well... <laughs> A little bit. Um, he's no, watching the World Cup because he's <laughs> an international now. So he needs to sit down and watch other international just, just teams. Just in case. Yeah. Um, no, the girlfriend, she can't get away. Um, and I have to stay around and help her look after her horses. She's horses? Yeah. Johnny's Johnny's just parked up here now. I know. Race horses are... Show jumping. Show jumping, all right. Yeah. So uh, Horsey background kind of from the family? or Yeah, the family. Yeah. A little bit. Well, more so, I think, started from her and her siblings, I think. Um, but yeah, she's in work at the moment, so I have to give her a hand with bringing them in and out and all that kind of stuff. All right. You know, so Are you going to marry into money? Uh, I don't think so. No? I don't think so, no. Who knows? There's not money in the show jumping, is there? No, there is. If you if you, if you you can sell the right show jumper, you could get a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's how Jim Bulger made all his money back in the day. He sold them to like... Possibly Colonel Gaddafi or something, some <laughs> mad mad story. <laughs> right, God, yeah. Is that, is that public knowledge or the yeah, yeah, yeah. known? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some of your Saudi mates now could. Yeah, yeah. We'll get exactly. to Gaddafi did more. <laughs> Gaddafi did more dodgy deals with Ireland in the eighties for other stuff. He did not we, so much. That's beyond the remit jumpers. of this podcast. Yeah. I think anyway. Yeah. Um, it's good you're in jovial form though, considering Bo's form at the moment isn't the May West. No, it's not. No, no? it's been a poor first half or first two thirds of the season. Well, that's a, it's, yeah. It's sort of the midway break, but it's it's not really in no, terms of games. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's been a lot of games and that, but no, it hasn't been as as good as last year. We've struggled to put runs together. Well, your home form again has been disappointing this year for whatever reason. Um, we're finding it hard to put our finger on it because performances have been decent at times but again um, we're not getting the results that we, we want to push ourselves away from that well Cork was a killer like I was yeah. I was saying this to a lad the other night that like you played Cork twice and probably were the better team for much of the 180 minutes but didn't mm. score and they won both games kind of yeah they did especially the other night and Friday down there um, it was tough and goal disallowed probably had the better chances maybe they had a couple of chances obviously as well and to lose a, a goal in the 89 minutes was tough to take but that's the way they're <laughs> they're the champions, you mm. know. So you know, fair play to them, but we'll have to regroup and hopefully lads will come back refreshed after the break. Is the break coming at a good time for you? Yeah, then? it's needed yeah. because it, again the games we've had this year, there's so many in the midweek, it's mm. it's been tough and like you know, obviously been tough for every team and tougher know, for some maybe. For some maybe, like yeah, where you are class is part time, we do train um, you know, f- three nights a week, um, but it's only one a single session. We're not together all the time, you know, our prep you know, it's, it could be better if we had that, you know, extra time or extra session to work on things. But again, when you have so many games, you know, you're not getting those sessions in either then on the training pitch. So we're just going recovery and stuff like that. So it has been difficult, but no one's going to care at the end of the season. Um, you know, if we don't stay up or, or not, you know, no one's going to care about that. So we just have to get on with it. Yeah, I... Uh, they played both. Uh, they played Cork three times, by the way. Just yeah, we have, yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. You've That's played. the thing, like, you, a lot of teams have played yeah, yeah. three <laughs> times already. What yeah. was the... Start of the 3-0 season. down there. 3-0, yeah. sorry, I forgot that. That was a day game. Was yeah, 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 yeah. And again, it wasn't a... I don't think it was a 3-0 game. We gave away a penalty, I think, and they got a deflected goal early on and a late one from Shep. I think it was a free kick. So we played okay in that again. Um, but again... You know, we're not scoring enough goals. You're not scoring enough goals. We're conceding them as well, unfortunately. Yeah. So, um, where we were a bit more solid last year, I think. Um, but we're not, yeah, we're not scoring enough. No, it's standing. Obviously, we have to congratulate you on the Ireland call-up. Um, but um, 
obviously Stephen Cluxon's situation. Any interest going back to the dubs? <laughs> it must be. It must be a chance. Like oh, I was making this point there at the weekend because that the goal of Roscommon yeah. game. And I was if Cluxon, I think Cluxon could be in a bit of trouble with that injury. Really? I think he could be. Yeah, that's what I'm hearing now. Um, obviously that's hearsay, but like uh, the dubs could be beatable. And then I was like, oh, I wonder would Shane Sobel have any interest? <laughs> I could be a nice exclusive. Then. I don't yeah. think. Uh, I don't think Lango would let me go anywhere near that now at this stage. But now that's the first I've heard of it. Um, but I think they have. They What's have. your situation with with Gaelic football at the moment? Uh, I didn't. I was actually. I genuinely don't know I was just wondering um, no I s- I'm, I'm finished now um, okay. I, I think my last game was about three months ago I played a championship game for my club and I've Bridget's uh, yeah Bridget's yeah um, effectively we're knocked out of the championship now this year management have left as well so that was one part of the reason I stayed on with them was because of the management and that but now I, I need to get with the games the amount of games we've had this year and um, it's not feasible to do both anymore. And you your horse interest as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we knew horse interest takes up most of the weekends now. So um, <laughs> now I'm I'm finished with the with the GA and I want to concentrate on the football. Um, You're not finished for good per se, are you? I you might don't go know. I like could play a bit of junior, or maybe later on in my junior. career. Junior, <laughs> <laughs> so we'll see how long the uh, the body holds up. Um, I was a goalkeeper. He'll still be he'll be one of these characters at 45, still still <laughs> yeah, lining out. Shane Curran up in Roscommon or something. Oh, what a hero! I played uh, played cake. against him back in the day. We were yeah. on about. Um, David Ford will potentially come back to Galway in the future. I think yeah. he's 39 now. He signed a one-year deal with, uh, where is he, at Cambridge? Cambridge, yeah. Cambridge, Cambridge yeah. last year, yeah. yeah. So he's still, signed, like, because obviously now with all this money coming in, you're like, yeah. I think the Saudis are keen as well on Galway lads coming back. Right. Um, Rory Gaffney was another lad. He just signed so, for Salford. Yeah, he's gone for big money elsewhere. Yeah, big money, yeah. Big money buyer. Uh, Salford are buying their way to the league. But, uh, <laughs> it's romantic, though, because the class of 92 are involved. <laughs> but really, yeah. yeah, they're just buying, you know, they're... Well, he met. Uh, I met. Shane, I met Johnny Glynn before the vote yesterday, and he said that uh, Gaffney had given him fifty quid for a fundraiser for Go United, uh, and he said you can thank Gary Neville for that. <laughs> so, uh, That's it. We run through the results from last we week, can. there, John. Do you want to? Do you want to go ahead, Dan, or shall I do the honors? Uh, no, what game were you at? I wasn't at a game. I wasn't at a game. On Friday, and you're no. going away on Friday? Yeah, slightly Friday. World Cup mode. You watching many World Cup games, Shane? Are you like a, a football watcher? You know, not really. No. Um, I would have been when I was younger, but I suppose you're playing so many games and training so much. It's yeah, you don't have time. Such a part there, you know, and you're a bit, a bit sick of it <laughs> as well sometimes. Yeah. But the World Cup, I watched a couple of games, but um, I watched the Sweden game yesterday and caught the back end of the England game last night. So as it progresses, I think you get a bit more of an interest in you know teams start to get into the last sixteen and stuff. You know, but it's great. You know, the World Cup brings back great memories. It does you know when you're sitting your junior cert and you're trying to get out and watch Ireland Germany? Or that's your is that <laughs> you your know? World Cup memory? That was my one. Yeah, two thousand and two, legging it out. I think from the English exam exam early um, to watch. Yeah, I think it was Ireland and England, Ireland. Ireland Germany. Germany was a half yeah. twelve game. Yeah, I think it would have yeah. been that. Yeah, down to the cafeteria to watch that. So that would be uh, one of the memories from the World Cup. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I I suppose just going through the results so getting back to the League of Ireland I was out in Bray while uh, Spain and Portugal had a six goal trailer I was mm-hmm. out in Bray for I was watching Portugal and Spain I can see um, but to be honest um, they have a really really fantastic uh, curry chip in Bray I have to say got, got, got some at half time <laughs> world class season. almost yeah. yeah it was it was it was enough to get them a license alone really but um, <laughs> so I went out there for a nil all draw um, and I have to say Bray played very well I w- wouldn't be just from your perspective Shane like uh, their team I think are, are going to be gaining ground on the teams below, above them to ju- like they didn't have Aaron Green mm. um, McCabe was suspended or injured possibly suspended and Kenna was suspended and they yeah. were probably the better team yeah, against Warford yeah, I saw the highlights there last night uh, or this morning I saw them 
Um, they did look the better team. Um, and I suppose with Martin coming in now fully, his feet under the table and potentially getting you know a couple of lads in over the, the transfer window of strength and I think they brought a couple of Leinster senior lads in already. Yeah, and we should mention Craig Walsh because he yeah. he's obviously had a checkered pass, but uh, he he played very well. Like he Walford had a, you know a proper good side out and Bray. Bray looked like a team that believed in themselves, you know, um, coming back off the Rovers' defeat. Yeah, I they think they've got nothing to kind of... The no. shackles are kind of a little bit off now. Mm. And so, listen, we're in the position and the only way to get out was just, you know, play with a bit of freedom and that. So, yeah, they are, I suppose, from us looking behind ourselves, you you got to take notice of them and be a bit wary, and especially if they do strengthen um, in the window. Definitely. And their next game is against um, Limerick, I think. Limerick. So, so that's Limerick away, yeah. It's a huge game. Um, Cork obviously beat Bowes 1-0, as we mentioned, and then... Derry City nil Dundalk four another statement of intent from both of these teams you could argue and obviously McAniff seems to be on his way to Rotherham as well mm-hmm. for Derry Limerick nil Rovers two uh, just watched this when I came back from the meeting last night soccer report was on quite late I'm I'm actually gutted that Brendan Clark saved that free kick from Burke it was one of the best strikes of the ball yeah, ball yeah. I've, I don't think I've ever seen it was insane <laughs> he's about forty yards out an absolute bullet was, what yeah, a save like, unbelievable what, yeah, like yeah. you were given a lot of plaudits on the Sock Republic but um that must be that must be a save that anyone would be proud oh, yeah, of yeah it's definitely up there a top save of the season you know yeah. I didn't I didn't even notice it at the time until they said it you know um, but it was. An unbelievable strike from from Graham. You know he has that in his locker, and it would have been a nice way for him to sign off. He's going over there now. He, he seems to be in the form of his life, really. And then yeah. the team that is in the form of his life is Pats, who lost three nil at mm. home to Sligo. Good um, call, John. I have to say. Now, in fairness, um, there was a crucial non-decision here when um, mm. it was one nil, and who was knocked it was over? Ryan Brennan. Yeah. He could have done with a bit, v- bit of VAR <laughs> at that point. That would have uh, they would have had to stop yeah. play before Sligo had, uh, had got to the other end. And imagine if it was in the middle of that brilliant Sligo move then, because Reese McCabe, Wixted, and uh, I think it was Morrison, um, who Wix, particularly Reese McCabe's passed, and apparently he had a brilliant first yeah. half. Good player, uh, Shane. Yeah, yeah, he was. I think we played him up there a few weeks back, and he was excellent in the first half of the game. I think he went out, but maybe a little bit in the second half. But technically, you know, his range of passing is. Excellent, um, and he can open teams up. Mm. Like he said the other night, um, he did that as well. Yeah, I, I, I was, I'm actually looking at Pats now, and I'm just thinking like, Pats are kind of edging closer, almost to um, sort of the bottom than 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 third anyway. Um, and they've lost five in a row, basically. Yeah, it's, uh, it's been a good couple of weeks for Rovers that you know they they were dropping off the pace, and even like you're talking about Europe and so on, but actually now they're they're back up to fourth now, mm. and we'll see. Um, if McInnes leaves Derry, then how big of a blow is that to that's them? That's huge. Mm. It's huge. I mean, Derry are going to have to bring in players. I mean, they've lost Curtis. They've lost if they lose McInnes, depending on when they lose him. But it seems like they're going to lose him either way. I think he might be in talks with them about a deal, um, and, and then all of a sudden that that wasn't happening, and he's he's going somewhere. So will they get any money if he goes? You know, um, well they will get money from mm. yeah, but I'm not sure how much because I think his deal is up at the end of the season. So is he under twenty? Yeah, I think th- depends. I think the rules here are slightly different. Yeah, yeah. If, if he we're stays going overseas, within the jurisdiction. Yeah, exactly. So um, no, I think either way they would get a few quid from, but. Um, I mean, they've. You'd imagine they probably have more room in their budget than most because a lot. You know, they've lost quite a few players that they signed already this season between Aganovic <laughs> and Turner and a few others. So Coffee, the striker as well, who barely played. So they have scope to bring players in, but 
um, and they're sort of making noises about trying to get Michael Duff at the end of the season, which I think, oh, yeah? could, which I think could be very, very Ambitious. optimistic, yeah. to say the least. So um, we shall see. McElhenney's been knocking around. Obviously, Dundalk and Rovers are... What's going to happen there? Oh, looking at him. Well, I, Stephen Bradley spoke yesterday and the tone of his comments were that they're interested in him, but they suspect uh, that it might be the ball might be in the dog's court to some degree um, but they have to pay a fee to hold them as well I mean that's the bottom does, line does that matter well I suppose if, you, if you've paid 40 grand for Dylan Connolly last year if you're talking about sort of 35 but more to come you know you're is, is paying sort of 50, 55, 60 going to sort of daunt you that much Um Possibly not, but um, and the dogs certainly have the clout to do it. And I mean, one the one feature of last summer was the dog and Cork being able to sign players and do what they wanted. Really, like Cork got Sadlier and the dog got Connolly, and you'd imagine they'll they'll both have a go at it again. Um, yeah. But but Burke, you know Burke to Preston. I mean, you were obviously training with Graham and the squad. I mean, how did he? We saw him in the game, but how did he fare sort of day to day? Because all accounts did very well. Yeah, he slotted in seamlessly, kind of you know technically very comfortable you know did not look out of place one bit um a little bit surprised at, at that but again he's, he's technically he's a gifted player and that's so at that level and you're stepping up the pace is a little bit quicker and stuff and he was able to cope no problem with it at all so i wasn't surprised that because of how well he did in training during the week mm. why were you surprised how well he did in training obviously because you're coming from you know your league of ireland i suppose um you're looking at that way the lads and most of the lads are playing in championship you know level um it's it's quicker it is a quicker pace i noticed the, the difference in tempo the pace of training um you know when you step up and you're involved in it with the guys um so i i was a little bit surprised how well he, he coped you know with that um said so obviously the situation with the strikers as well mm. the injuries opened the door probably a little bit more from um, but he took his opportunity uh, definitely in the training I, my know Martin was was very impressed with him and from speaking more to impressed than he sounded after the match maybe when you say tempo is it just like how quickly players can move the ball yeah yeah, yeah I think just technically they're, half a second technically they're, they're, they're better they are like, yeah. you know and that's why they're playing at the level they are in England um, so they, uh, they shift the ball much quicker you know you have to be um, a little bit quicker and it takes you you know maybe a session or two um obviously i played at that level before but it was a long time ago beforehand mm. um but they'd be you know likes of dundalk and cork i think being full time and you know the, the preparation they put in the players they have and that i know it was the playing against dundalk recently the, the level of physicality they have you know and cork as well obviously they're quite a physical team but the strength and conditioning plays a big part in, in that as well Whereas ourselves, I suppose, we, we have a guy, but we're not in the gym. You don't know. necessarily have the time to... Yeah, we wouldn't have the time to, to do that. It's been down to the lads and it's getting up early in the morning if you want to do that before work or if you're in college or whatever. So so is that is that one aspect where you are you are a little bit behind other clubs because you don't really have the time or resources, maybe? Yeah, I'd say that's the, that's the, the, the key one, maybe. The key one, yeah, yeah. definitely. We're training, you know, I suppose, nearly as most as, as any other club in the league, um, three, four nights a week. Um, but again, do the double sessions or get the gym session in. It's it's tr it's tricky um, to compete with the lads at that level. I actually I, I meant to ask you this when I thought of it last night. What's the standard of goalkeeping coaching in the League of Ireland? It's not something that we talk about much. No, no, because it's probably something that it's in its infancy, maybe to a degree as well, with more with more professionalism coming in. But what's it like? 
Yeah, it's, it's, I got Chris Benyon with me. Um, I suppose he came in this year. I asked for him to come in. He played um, for Shells, did he? Shells at the oh, Dock. The dock. A few yeah. clubs. He's Scottish lad. Yeah, he's, yeah. A, he's a good lad. He's yeah. a, bit, a bit deaf in one ear, which is a bit of a problem at times when I try to communicate with him. But See, I always find <laughs> someone like that, you can be selectively as well. So when you want to <laughs> yeah. you know, block something out, oh, I, just I, I, think he, I think he just blanks me out of time. But no, he's, yeah. he's, he's brilliant. Um, I enjoy working with him. He's learning. He's a young coach. Yeah. So he's learning as well. Like. He's learning. Yeah. He, he is it a strange one for him working with you because you've done so much goalkeeping coaching yourself? Like, do you have ideas or like what are you looking for from him? Is it the coaches? Is it to give you advice on what you're doing or like what's the dynamics? Yeah, a little bit. Obviously, I'm a bit older, a bit more experienced. As you said, I have you know coached for a long time as well at a young age. Um, yeah. So he understood that and he wasn't coming in and saying we'll do this, we'll do that. He left it up to me. You know, he put a structure on it, but it didn't suit me. I'd just say it to you know, Chris, I'd like to try this today or do this. I'm a bit older, I have so many games. Just managing myself really a, a bit more rather than, you know, working on specific areas mm. whereas the younger guys in the team, um, or the younger guys coming through that come up and train with us the nineteens and you know, a bit more specific with them and um, what they need to work on, whereas, you know, I'm at a, a stage now where I'm you know, I'm happy. Um, I just need to keep kept taking over really and just keep my fitness up and, and sharpness. Yeah, um, and he knows the drills or knows he what knows needs that to be done. I, yeah, what I like, and I just have to say it to him if I want to try something different or if you know I like a specific drill um, to do, whether it's you know the warm ups we go through at the start of the season, what kind of a warm up I like to do, which a lot of keepers vary. I like a quite intense warm up, whereas some keepers just like to go out and you know half an hour before and just not go through the motions, but it's relaxed. Um, yeah, what I like to kind of you know I feel more prepared when I'm intense you know I feel I've done a bit of work before going into the game so but in general I think it's improved and it's an area that had been neglected for years goalkeeping um, in this country and now coming back when I was growing up coming through the home farm and that I was lucky enough I had a guy there and um, the training was fairly physical with him and some nights I didn't want to go but yeah. my dad dragged me down and you know I was grateful in the end that he did um, but it's it's evolved obviously the position as well in the last 10, 15 years um, to what you need, the attributes you need to be a, be a keeper. So Yeah, because I always think it's interesting and I, I think the points we made by David Priest and a few analysts yeah, yeah. like that, does it annoy you if you're watching a game and you see outfield players criticising goalkeepers and you're sitting there with the goalkeeper going, well, I know why someone yeah. made that decision or you know their, their position was wrong or whatever it might be. You know, Do you watch games with that sort of goalkeeper's union mindset sometimes. Yeah, you would, and you'd understand, obviously, you know, why he didn't come for that ball or why he did and why it didn't quite work out for him or what. And some people just make a throw, or pundits make a throw or a comment with it, just to say something, just to fill air time, really, yeah. rather than really getting into it. But again, they don't understand the, the position either. Um, and there's not there's not too many, I think, ex-goalkeeping pundits out there. Shea no. Gibbons knocking around a bit now, and um, but they don't really seem to be um, getting the, the opportunity to speak about it. Um, because it is an area that's, you know, people want to know more about, really understand a bit more, more about as well. It'd be nice for us to have someone having yeah. our back. <laughs> it, it does seem that Seamus McDonough took a bit of a shine to you. He certainly seems yeah. to, to rate you. There was a story that one of the games he went to watch you play for Bowes. I don't know if you've heard this. That I think he watched the game for the first half from his vantage point, and then he went for a bit of a wander yeah. to watch you a bit closer in the second half. Are you sort of familiar with that? Or yeah, I, I actually copped him. Really? Um, in the game it was the Dundalk game I just there was a few of them standing down the corner um, in Daly Mount and I just copped them and I would have known Seamus when I was younger over in England I think I, he came up to me at one stage when he was at Coventry goalkeeping coach and spoke to me briefly he knew I was Irish um, but yeah you obviously seen him we know the Irish squad and so I, I knew who so he was so what are you thinking when you see him sort of oh yeah to be honest I thought nothing of it I thought obviously they're there to watch Duffy yeah Duffy was, was 
Yeah. It seems, yeah. That's what yeah, you're, you're thinking. I thought, now they're heading off. Obviously, they're going into the car park to get the car and head off. Like, that's what <laughs> I'm thinking. So, um, but yeah, no, Seamus was, was nice. He said he'd been to a couple of games. I think he saw me down in Cork. He tends to go down there, I think, for holidays a bit. And right. I don't know his relations down there or whatever, but he was at a Cork game. I don't know what it was this year, the first one maybe this year. He watched me a couple of times um, after that as well. So, but a lovely man. Um, I got on really well with him um, as well. So, it was a he was good and made me feel really welcome and comfortable, I suppose, in the squad. And encouraging, I guess, was he? I mean, is he? Yeah, what's he, he saying to you, sort of day to day? He was uh, asking me why I obviously came home and stuff. Really? Like that. Yeah. You were like, I've dealt with these crashes for <laughs> yeah. ten years. I don't need this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And would I go back and blah blah blah? So um, I'm just asking again. He's interested in obviously the league of Ireland and and getting to know and understand. He I, he loves bowls. Um, he loves going to the games down there and speaking to him and, and Roy Keane about it the two of them have took, taken a shine I think to Daily Mount and the people down there So really just the old school yeah aspect just of the like the, just like the people down there they said you know I think they were at the Rovers game as well And what did Roy Keane say about he all loved that? the game um, it was his kind of game I think <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's why he loved it <laughs> wasn't uh, a particularly good game no it wasn't but, but I think he loved the tackles, battle of it. yeah tackles. the tackles and the commitment I suppose from the lads and I think he appreciated that side of it obviously it wasn't it wasn't the nicest on the eye to watch but um, I got I managed the club gave me a couple of jerseys for them as well so they, they're honorary Bowles fans now oh, that's nice yeah. so, so have they joined you in the movement of people who don't want the old Daily Man to be not yeah, are, you, like, so, are yeah. you recruiting people <laughs> for this uh, to, yeah get a drive going there so <laughs> you never know it might get me away eventually not yeah uh, I just got an email there I was going to go to a Pearl Jam gig in July and um, I just got an email saying Eddie Vedder's voice is gone and they've just cancelled it so that's, that's one uh, podcast, breaking news. podcast I'm not going to miss then because it's going to be away that week don't stick that but, in, your, um, in your blood yeah, yeah. I, I have to say, every time I go to Daily Mount, though, I, I, I'm the same. I just, there's just something about the place. Yeah. It's just, I don't know if it's that it's kind of old or there's also a very friendly atmosphere, though, in fairness. Yeah. Like, you uh, know. We, we know, obviously, the results haven't been great for ourselves mm. in Daily Mount this year or last year. But the fans are very understanding. I yeah. can't believe really how understanding they have been. It's a good atmosphere. Um, it's great because we're such a young squad and that. And it's, it's difficult when you get your fans in, on your case when things are not going well. So, for the younger boys, it's great that they appreciate, I think, the work that Keats and Trevor are trying to do and where, where we're at, really, finances, all that kind of stuff. I think they understand, but it would be nice if we could give them a bit more to shout about. You know, obviously, the Rovers game this year have been great for them. Yeah. Um, and they've enjoyed that side, but there's not enough. We yeah, w- I, I love going. I mean, I went down to the Derry game, just not working, and it's great. I just, the one thing I, mi- I don't like about that, I missed the Connacht Street side being in action because it would have been before your time yeah, there. Yeah. But when the Rovers game and they were over the far side yeah, and they had yeah. the two sides, that's just the one thing that makes you think, okay, this in my mind it's had its time but it's a shame because know, yeah. you, you, if you could sort of have a new stadium but maintain some of the qualities of the, of the yeah. way it is at the moment and that's obviously going to be very uh, difficult to do and if that's the case you know with the new stadium what they're talking about and even recently I think the police are looking or the guards are looking to change um, or stop us from having the flags up the flares and all that health and safety stuff so that will take away a bit from the atmosphere Yeah. Um, especially in those games So, but I think our, our fans will always find a way yeah. <laughs> you know what did you make of the uh, the games in general? Otherwise, Dan Dundalk, um, Dylan Connolly among the goals again. Yeah, he seems to. He seems to. Have, uh, we've we've discussed it in recent weeks, and I suppose you think about it. You took Michael Duffy maybe a season to hit his top form. And oh, maybe, what about his goal? And maybe Connolly. I mean, Duffy's looking very good, and I mean Shane mentions it there. I mean, you know, it was it was funny. There was in Glasgow that day that Martin O'Neill mentioned. Duffy and he mentioned mm. Shane in, in a sort of a throwaway comment uh, and it was unprompted 
and at the time one is this serious is or not but the fact that then Shane was then called up makes you think that the reference to Supple or the reference side to Duffy wasn't a, a flippant thing either yeah. that there's 30 I think he th- called him Young Supple did he? Uh, young Supple yeah, know, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like a veteran goalkeeper um, it's the baby face you see um, <laughs> it would come in handy <laughs> the uh, but I mean they, they then went to Tala and, and Duffy was excellent that day as well so um, it's not far-fetched that they would be thinking about him particularly when there's a eligibility issue was such that he, he'd been around Northern Ireland squads and stuff like that but Duffy's form I mean you have to say if McAniff goes like we have a situation now where you think from the start of the season even or even say from January you know where the, the players that have left from Ogbené to you know to Burke to Curtis to McAniff and like there's other players too like we have talent here but it's been drained pretty quickly yeah, no, as well yeah, and yeah. it's if like if you were to sit down at the start of the year and write down the 10 players to watch for, I mean, those those names would be in it and yet they're almost gone by yeah. the half season point so mm. there's a you know the doc have announced new contracts recently but Duffy's not in them you know Duffy's up at the end of the year like he won't be going to Derry like if Duffy's going somewhere it'll be yeah. you know I think Mick Harford from Luton was watching the who are back in League One now and they were they were at the Derry and Dock game at the weekend and by the sounds of it regardless of who they were there to watch uh, they probably would have saw Duffy and I mean it depends well, what level does he want to go back in at you know I mean I suppose some players have shown he can jump the championship level now and would Duffy be looking at that yeah, it's a yeah. tough one Shane because like I mean we have good players in the league but they're uh, and it's probably a vote of confidence that people are coming to watch them but do we have the supply line to lose like 10 in a year and, and not yeah, I don't, the yeah. league is obviously getting younger and yeah. younger I think every year and it's giving lads oppor- young lads opportunity but yeah as you said is it taken away from maybe the quality in the league it's it's come a long way in the last couple of years and it seems to be you know getting the profile of it is improving mm. people are starting to take more notice and appreciate a bit more because of the, I suppose the guys that have gone away and done so well I, I didn't think Shawnee would do as well as he's done in Preston to be honest Yeah, and he's flying you just don't know what certain lads it is hard to know because what, like then you've like, like so Huben and Cummins coming yeah. back Huben is unbelievable who's, who and like his track record in England yeah. is questionable. <laughs> yeah, he's been brilliant. I like, know, it, yeah. and it's not. I think sometimes we we look at Irish players and we say, "Is he League One, League Two, Championship?" Yeah. Whereas it could just be a different place and a different. That's club it, exactly. I you. think you're not you're not just looking at the player um, and his ability. You're looking at obviously the surroundings he's going into. You know the area he's living in, the, the team he's playing with, the players he's around. The happiness. He, yeah, you sort of know yourself. Yeah, you know? yeah, it is. That's a massive thing. And obviously, Sean, he seems to be happy from what I've heard over there and he's flying. So that brings its own happiness then as well when you're banging in goals every week. Um, but another lad could go over there, obviously Graham, and I hope Graham does well because mm. um, he's, a, he's a great lad, um, even though he's Shamrock Rovers. <laughs> <laughs> you're allowed uh, to say that now. Though, yeah, yeah, no, no. I actually, I got on very well with Graham in, in the... In the camp we were in there. Um, what recently. sort of lad is he? He comes across kind of. He's um, quiet. He's a, a quiet, shy. Yeah, like, yeah, he'd be a quiet lad. He's like yourself. You know, on a salmon. Kind of a guy. So, which I hope he goes over there and as well. Um, he's surrounded by a few Irish, although I don't know how many, how many of them will still be there. Yeah. When he goes Cunningham's over. Cunningham's obviously gone already, yeah. Yeah. Cunningham tweeted about Galway United this morning. I saw that, yeah. Mm. Um, which is where we go to next. Because the one thing, yeah, we'll, we'll go to Galway in a second. The one thing, I mean, I would have been, I would have raised questions about Burke going to Preston. On, on the show I think you actually uh, said it was never going to happen or had no chance of it happening pretty much I didn't say no I said, I said, it'd be, I didn't say it wouldn't happen for him to go no no to I said it'd be a bomb club for to go mm. to I never said it wasn't going to happen I'm intrigued I, by this I just didn't see it but I mean I must say Bradley did say yes Stephen Bradley said yesterday that, that Ridsdale 
and the people from Preston did speak to Burke and said, this is how we think you can play and this is what you can do for us. So, and what did they say, do well, you think? Well, I don't know the specifics, but I mean, maybe they see a particular role from maybe they're going to change their style a bit this year. Why did you think it wouldn't be a well, good Well, they, they, they played last year with, like, Brown would have played in the, in yeah. the, in the number 10 and the front three, like, Horgan got pushed out because they were playing uh, Maguire through the middle or sometimes on the yeah. wing and they had this guy Barkhausen, a big fella on the right and they were looking for a really sort of pressing strong front three mm. rather than necessarily having real ball players. Now, Robinson is obviously there. Yeah. They have Daniel Johnson there as well. Yeah. They have some decent players, but just the way a couple of the games we'd seen them play, you're thinking, does Graham fully fit into this yeah. style? But I see Alex Neal is saying locally they actually felt they needed a bit more quality in the right. final third and maybe... Maybe there is a role for, for Graham there. Then, maybe maybe they're going to the they're they're change the way that they play. Would like Brown just sit back a bit further and let Burke be there? Brown was their player of the season, though. Yeah. Right? As mm. the number. Now, maybe, maybe they'll just go over and they, they... I mean, Burke played on the left for Ireland in, yeah. in Paris. And, like, I mean, is he a versatile player, Graham, from what you see? Or I don't... Yeah, I think... He played off the right for Rovers a bit yeah, this year. Yeah, I think he would be in that sense. And he's not an out-and-out striker or no. goal scorer, I don't think, um, if that's what Preston are looking for. But a guy, you know, dropping off... be behind the striker coming in off the line I think yeah they're getting in between the lines he's brilliant at that mm. the championship is a grueling league there's so many games um, but I suppose he's had a bit of a taste with this year at Rovers and that the amount of games we've had in the league so can he cope with you know with all that as well and how many games will he play the, well, the one thing is as an attacking player he will get chances to play yeah. he'll get 20 minutes he'll get 25 yeah. you would think early in the season yeah. and then I guess it's sink or swim in some ways. You know, he'll get his chance, you know. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's like a goalkeeper who has to go over and no, you need an injury or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or oh, even that was a problem with Boyle as well. They just seemed like the manager didn't fancy Boyle and really, you're not going to be chopping and changing your back four no, really no, no. If, things are, if things are going well. Which no, they, more opportunities as a, as a front player, I yeah. suppose, yeah. So, we'll see. Anyway, it's worth, it's worth mentioning, but um, Galway United, John. Yeah, you yeah. You were down there last night. Uh, yeah, I went down for the You're very moment. excited. Um, I, I, actually, you've do uh, you now recall the Saudi anthem? I believe. Uh, oh yeah, well it was played at the. I, I will think of it today. Actually, it was I, played I, where? Played at the World Cup, obviously on oh, Thursday. Right, okay. Um, they <laughs> I did. thought it was played before the meeting last night. The vote wasn't so up. Well, you know much, the way, you know the way in the racing. If the, if like the Dubai duty free Irish derby, they play like the United Arab Emirates anthem at the Curra along with Iran Naveen. It's quite plausible that this will be the case in Galway now. So, you know? so you're very excited. I don't get very excited about anything really, but but well, I you do. You're very excited. No, nah, but I I think yeah. this is the biggest thing potentially in terms of ownership, the biggest thing ever to happen in League of Ireland uh, football. It's just it's colossal. So tell us about the meeting. Um, so I mean, I know there's a confidentiality, but the, the, it was a quite comp- comprehensive vote in favour of yeah. these guys taking majority ownership. It was. Uh, Six a two-hour meeting or so, and I've been at a few going out meetings, and um, it can be a bit of a fractured kind of atmosphere, and um, a lot of acrimony and old scores and old sores and all that. But it, this wasn't that type of meeting, even though you got the feeling straight away. I know I was on to you, and I was saying just right that it's going to be carried because it's just you knew from the meeting that there's no way, unless everybody was lying, that it wasn't uh, going to be carried. But um, then I suppose the the the, the co-op. Um, board and the board of Go United, uh, Gavin Duffy and um, the secretary John Flannery, who was one of the members of the team that went to Riyadh. The other one was um, uh, Jonathan Corbett, who we'll actually have audio from. But but Flannery and Duffy spoke to the co-op members and just outlined it. This is where we're at. And then for maybe an hour, people in the audience spoke about 
what their views were. And it was actually quite um, emotional because Bernie O'Connell, who's a he, he would have been a, a Galway United legend for many years, he just spoke about sadness in his heart that we'd never won anything, but that's not necessarily what it's all about. The club had risen from the ashes. It was actually extinct uh, five, six years ago. And he, with a heavy heart, voted for the ceding of majority shareholders to outside interests, which is fair enough. And you, you know as well, Shane, that like if you, you know, the atmosphere, the, the atmosphere bows because of is is a lot to do with the structure of the club. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's not. So I, I don't like this idea of foreign ownership per se. Um, but the alternative for Go United is no assets. Don't own a ground. Don't own a training ground. Couldn't have anywhere to train in the off season. Underage teams playing on bad pitches. Um, basically cobbling money together. No assets, and miles behind Dundalk and Cork and Rovers. So that was what we were faced with. That's mm. why they voted sixty-eight ten. And um, but a lot of people did speak about due diligence and being wary of the Saudis taking over. But it basically. A whack of money is going to go straight into the Go United bank account, as yeah. has been reported. Will we, will, we hear, will we hear from Jonathan Corbett then? We'll so, so Jonathan was uh, slightly strange. He was, he was he's not slightly strange as a guy. He's a slightly strange story because he was the ex-chairman, but he has a bit of a business acumen, and uh, so he went over to Riyadh during Ramadan with John Flannery, and um, I obviously spoke to uh, Jonathan then after the vote last night when he embodied a bit of relief. Uh, Jonathan Corbett, you were over in uh, Riyadh. You're an ex-chairman of Go United. Um, are you proud that this has been voted in tonight? Yeah, fantastic. Um, it, it, for me, it's the next step for the club uh, to bring it to the next level. And it was important that uh, we give the opportunity to the co to do the vote on it, which they have, and it's been passed. Um, what are your expectations for this, and how big could it be for Irish football, not only Go United? Um, I think for, for me, the expectations are that the investment is um, not just the first team, but also the academy and the underage. Um, we have no training facility. We have to work um, alongside these lads and see can we produce our own training facility um, that will help go on the underage teams, I suppose. Um, that also brings it into other parts of do we get up to the Premier League and Europe. What sort of vibe did you get off the Saudis? Super. Um, don't hurt lads um, spoke very well with us looked after us very well and um, are looking forward to coming over here to sample the Irish hospitality that they gave us and how soon might their role actually be realised in the running of Galway United um, well that depends on, on I suppose the next step now they'll come over and start the due diligence on their side like ourselves um, but if everything works well together it can be done very fast and, um, and I'd expect that to happen what's the one word to describe your emotions now um, hopeful. Jonathan's actually uh, a big fan of the horses as well. So there was basically before the vote, we were told under no circumstances can anyone record this because it was all behind closed doors or whatever. And there was a fella at the back of the room who was organising kind of the giving out of the the voting slips or whatever. But he'd obviously been looking at me, so I was kind of I had my phone like on my um, on my knee, like, and I was kind of looking down, obviously a lot. And uh, he comes over and he's like, you can't, you can't, don't be recording. I told you don't be recording. He looked at my phone and it was uh, the 840 at Nace. <laughs> and myself, Jonathan and Julian beside us, like we all lost money uh, in the process of the Saudis taking over. We all lost money on the <laughs> that's 840. Why, that's why you all went for the S. Um, um, yeah, we needed the money at the end of the meeting. He said, he said hopeful though. I mean, 
see, I, I think there is obviously an element because we and we've we've pretty much had this same discussion around the dog takeover that because people have been burned before by foreign investors that they're very very naturally Irish default is like worried and skeptical wariness and wariness and like to be honest, it's well founded based on things that have happened before. Now with the dog and peak six, you're able to do a lot of homework on the lads and find out a fair bit about them and. I, I think from everything I've heard so far, I think they're going to be around for a while. I find it a bit harder to get information on these lads, I have to say. I mean, have you looked into them in any detail and, and what's your sense on their, their respective backgrounds? Because there's two main guys involved. Um, like, Are you satisfied with what you're hearing thus far? Uh, yeah, but at the same time, I mean, we were sent an information pack as a co-op member yesterday, and being honest, I actually didn't even look at it, um, because I didn't didn't have much time yesterday, but secondly, I'm like, why would we turn this down? Why, what, just look at the alternatives, so the downside... No, I appreciate the alternatives, so, so but, the but, downside, but you still want to figure out who you're giving the keys? Yeah, um, basically, the, the, the investors will send over a COO to run the club in Ireland and he will live in Ireland. Um, but the guys in, in Riyadh, one of them was an ex-director of Al-Hilal. And Al, the Saudi clubs are actually in the process of being privatized at the moment, which is weird. So the Saudi clubs were actually all state-owned. Mm. So that's kind of what, what got him interested in, um, in, in, in in maybe having a club in Europe. But... The, so they, they 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 did a good job, I think, at Al Hilal. Um, from what all we can hear about them, they're successful guys. One of them is one of is an elder guy. They called him the Sheik. I'm not sure he is a Sheik, and I'm wary of this because if he's a Sheik, does that imply that he's kind of a member of the Saudi regime? Presumably, it does. Mm. But anyway, the the younger guys who are involved. Um, it's new territory, fellow. I weekly here. Well, it is, but it's like you're dealing with. <laughs> okay, but you couldn't get a culture more okay. alien, really, no, to what you get in Galway to, to Riyadh. Like it's it's so so different. So, what are their motivations? That's I think that's the main question. What what do they see uh, as the upside for them? Why are they pumping money in straight away into a club? That's I mean, we wouldn't think of League of Ireland clubs potentially as investment potential. But I think the League of Ireland is a growth industry, Shane. I don't know what you think about this, but I think the League of Ireland, you've been here a few years now, I think it's on the up. And I think you can see from the money Dundalk have in the bank, the money Cork City are probably making. But they had to see, the, the Dundalk had the money in the bank already as such. But look at the European money this year, right? Um, we haven't even talked about the draw yet, have we? No, we'll get back to that. Yeah. yeah. So look at the European. So the, mo the, the money is there. And I think, I mean, I'm looking at Rovers, we'll say, from Brandon Cavanagh to Trevor Clark to Bazuna and Goal, um, they're going to sell a player for a lot of money sooner or later. And I think the model, because wages in the League of Ireland are... are What's a lot of money, though? I don't know. I agree with a, a lot of money. What is a lot of money? It's a fair in point. In this league. I, I don't think half a million is a lot of money, but to run a League of Ireland club, it is. Yeah. Because it would easily run Go United this year. Yeah, but are Go United going to sell a player for that money? Well, I think that's probably where these guys come in. And that's they, they are a management company, a sports management company. Yeah, they're so they're going to bring agency. players from Saudi. And the, I'd also like to know more about the guy who was the Galway contact who initiated this in the first place with Saudi connections. That needs to become clear. And it should also be pointed out, Shane Keegan had a role in this, uh, had, a, had a role that hasn't really been explained in, in, in actually you know looking for funding and kind of being a part of this. And then he got effectively got, well, he was he was... He left the club by mutual consent on the day of the draw. And there was a supreme irony in that because it was harsh on Shane because he was he was this quasi-general manager as well as being um, 
and the actual manager. But the, so I think the Saudis that want to bring players over, and I, I'm not 100% sure what their motivations are. I'd say like that, that particular sort of side of the thing wouldn't fill me with a huge amount of optimism, you know? I, 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 but at the same time, I understand why Galway voted yes. It's a difficult one, because I've said this before, I think that the, the model of fan ownership is one that in an ideal world you'd love for it to work and you'd like if everyone had that sort of structure. But there are clubs in Ireland that are don't have the support base, you know, to really to be able to sustain something like that. You know, they're they're actually never going to be able to compete with say Cork and, and maybe I mean Rovers have that, but they also have a you know a private investor as well, albeit a fan, but still um like we can't be closed to private investment. Clubs are always going to be funded by private investment, much as it's not maybe as noble a story and as romantic a story as like the, the Forest story in Cork, but Cork is probably the biggest support base in the country. Galway don't have that that tradition of support. So it's the same with Dundalk in a way. Dundalk wouldn't be able... Dundalk have had a co-op and had a fans thing years ago and it didn't work. And ultimately, they probably didn't have enough people or people that were wealthy enough to be able to really pay into it and keep it going. So... I'm not against outside investment as much as it's it leaves you queasy. And I think the problem with Galway is there's a sadness in it, as you said with Bernie O'Connell's point of view, that Galway don't have a training ground, mm-hmm. they don't own their ground, and they're pr- they're probably not in a position to uh, to say no to something. I mean, I think people should read. The, lies the I think people down. should read the information pack before they <laughs> yeah. before they, they prob- vote on I it. Think John they probably like, did know. In fairness, well, you didn't. I think voted. most people probably did. Yeah. 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 Um, but. It, so what's the alternative, Dan? Now that that's the problem. I mean, I, I think how would that, you have voted? That that is the ultimate problem. Um, I probably would have tried to get plenty of more information on them. Would I have voted yes? I think it's possible. I I might have because the Galway situation seems to be so grim. But I'm not sure if we can sort of herald it. Like they're coming over to do do to do due diligence now, as Jonathan said. So the the takeover has been approved. But like, how quickly is this actually going to happen? Yeah, it could happen. Uh, so it hasn't actually happened. It's been voted to be to be accepted. Yeah, the diligence. Um, funnily enough, that took well, a, that took a while with Peak Six and the yeah. Dark. Like it was, it was all good, but then th- th- that took a period of time, and they had to go into the books and so on. So, funnily enough, the the FEI was kind of um, half praised in the meeting for the fact that it, it's going to be very wary after the Atlone situation of anything like this. And the FEI, while we understand the FEI is in favour of it, um, they're also really going to put a lot of effort into anything like this, making sure that due diligence does uh, take place. Well, they place. hadn't met them as of last week. Fran Gavin said before he met the Athlone people, which yeah. probably caused them problems down the line. Um, said they just they just been briefed on it this time, but they seemed happy enough. I mean, obviously, look, people are looking at Waterford, who've come in and put in a certain amount of money. They've cleared some debts that were there, and very good chance I think they would get the exemption to play in Europe next year. And the European funds is good, and I can see the attraction... Um, but there's obviously there's only a limited amount of European places for teams. There's no TV deal. There's, you know, it, it's potentially loss making to run a prof- no, potentially. I mean, it's factually loss making to run a professional club here unless you're in the top three or four within a couple of seasons. So it's a tough one. I don't. I don't want to. It's be, not a tough one. I, like. It's 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 a it's an absolute straightforward vote unless you're so against the idea of giving up a co-op ownership. How much you have voted, Shane? This is a. How much you have voted? It's hard to say because I'm not attached to the club and all yeah. that. It's like if it was Bohemians and that, I suppose having been there for a few years now and you know our resources and stuff like that, you're kind of thinking, how are we really going to push on and get it to the next to the next level? 
I possibly would have, but like yourself, I'd like a bit more information, you mm. know, on it because of what's happened in the past and that, you know. They're big about underage anyway. That's their big sounding is we want it, we have to, yeah. we have that's to invest. Thing that, that's something that people will say. Yeah, you know what no, I mean? it, it, it seemed more solid than just what you're saying that they said it. it. It seems to be like a part, very much part of their ethos. And in fact, they were, they were, it was put to them like, are we going to be full of Saudis playing here? And it was like, absolutely not. What connection do they have to Galway United? We yeah. need people who actually care. Well, at least if all they build, the soundings are good. At least if they build you or build or hire or develop or do something that's already there, we've like no assets. A, a training base. No assets. You have a because like the, the the situation at the moment in Galway seems bananas, really, <clears throat> and it's a product of the Irish, you know, schoolboy clubs versus senior clubs thing that your your underage teams have nowhere to train. Like if they at least come in and one of the first things they do is they actually give you a home, a base that can live some kind of legacy beyond their time there well then that that's a good thing uh, and maybe it's what Galway needs to wake it up but um but you're you're happy anyway i mean i've i've often said if i were a man city fan i don't think i'd have derived much pleasure from the last what what is it like so when did, when did they come in the qatari guys well, well there was the thai crowd initially so Five. but the, the qataris ones were a bit longer than that maybe seven eight nine yeah. years ago maybe yeah. i don't think i'd have derived much if any pleasure from what's happened at manchester city and i say that because I just think it's they've bought success. Yeah. Basically, they've lost their old ground. But They're if Galway get to Europe, that's what that's what they will have done. But you're hoping they do that with Galway people. Yeah, it's kind of. But it's 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 not. It's we we are slightly in desperate straits in the sense that like if we if we even if we even had our own home ground, you could say something. But we've no assets at all. Like so, it's like we need an injection from somewhere. And if we could get a ground for the underage, then we can maybe kick on. Um, I think we're a chronically underachieving club. Like, if you look at Greg Cunningham, Stephen O'Donnell, Daryl Horgan, David Ford, Rory Gaffney. Um, All the Horgans. Colm Horgan. All the Horgans, Kevin yeah. Horgan. Kevin Horgan was mentioned last night. He effectively signed for, Shai- for Shamrock Rovers because we couldn't afford to give him mm. literally 100 quid a week. We just couldn't afford it. That's, you know, that's what it was portrayed as. Um, and that, that's the reality of it. And the amount of players from Galway... Or not, who don't play for Galway United. In fact, the best 11 Galway players at the moment are not playing for Galway United, any of them probably. Um, that's, that's really hard to take. And I'm supporting the club 20 years. We've never once played a game in Europe since I started supporting them. And that's grim. Yeah. So I, 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 don't see, I don't see what alternative we have. And I think we have huge potential. Um, and I think our underage has huge potential. Um, I'm, wary of, I'm wary of the Saudis, but I think, I think we need it. And the amount of interest from players and even managers now, obviously there's a job there. <laughs> you follow the money players and managers but they, they, well, that's that that's the part of the problem they, they isn't it? Yes. you have the all the money but it's the right people behind it then you know to drive totally for you, it's the right decision know, yeah um, getting those how big in. an issue is that going to be now because people know that Gall united will have money and now you have to vet a player will say who why is he coming in here that's the thing and you look at waterford maybe and they had pat fennel i think in maybe advising in some sort of yeah. shape or form knows the league inside out has had success in the league um and obviously, look where Waterford now, he's kind of moved on now. But having someone like that, who knows the league inside out and hopefully has the right agenda, you know, is not in it for the, for the money. Um, yeah. It's tricky, though, in football because of money. That's what, you, you know, it brings with it. Um, so, but it's, it'll be an interesting interesting time ahead. I, I hope it's a success, but I would be wary, obviously, of, of it um, going forward. Anyway. And you'd, you'd have to be wary. You'd yeah, definitely you definitely have, have to be wary. wary. You have to be wary. But I mean, and I think Shane's bang on there that the appointment, it's not just maybe about the manager, but it's about, you know, the the right sort of, you know, s- 
network there of people at the top of the club that are making decisions because players will get wind. It's just, I mean, I don't blame players because it's a short career. Players will get wind of it. Um, and, and naturally, you know, Galway will be played off against other clubs. And, and, you know, we always have to be careful of the market as well. Like a new player comes in, like Waterford have come in, able to offer good money. That helps to just bring things up and, you know, you want it to be to be manageable. But yeah, maybe listen, Galway can target some of those lads. Okay, maybe not some of the internationals we mentioned, but Galway players around the league coming home. I mean, that ticks both the boxes. You're getting good players, but there's they'll have a connection to the area as well and, and that'll help you reconnect with the community too. So we well, shall see. Simple shall question, see. Dan. Who how how um all, all attractive is the job now to be the Galway United? Manager? I think to be attractive, yeah, of course. Of course, well, you're, I mean, you're sixth in the first division table, so there's a very good chance whoever comes in at the end of the season will have to be in a better position and be able to say, you know, we've brought things forward. And with the playoffs being fourth, um, I, I don't know, I think the manager, if the manager comes in and gets them to the playoffs and has a go, um, you know, okay, there's a squad there at the moment and we'll see, you'll know more than me, Johnny, about sort of contract situations and players and how much power a new person will have to bring in players this window. If there's cash coming in, then they're probably in a good place. Mm. Um, I have a lot of sympathy for Shane Keegan as well. Um, I, I don't think the board did, were harsh on him. No. I think um, this season has been very, very disappointing, but, you know, he's a great guy. And... Um, I suppose I, they had to sell league race last summer because they yeah, didn't have cash. Possibly, so, sent, possibly was yeah. resulted in, in in the relegation. But um, the Comer brothers have put in huge money as well in relative terms, and it still hasn't kind of really been enough. Um, I shouldn't move on to Legia and yeah, Cork. European funds. I've got a few uh, tweets here just to mention. Cork City is slightly slightly cringe inducing initial tweet hi at Legia nice to meet you we're Cork City FC the double champions of Ireland we play at Turner's Cross we just signed a player from the Premiership and our players score goals from 100 plus yards see you in a few weeks I'm not sure about that so Legia have replied also it's anyway. not the Premiership anymore yeah. the only people I actually hear called the Premiership are Roy Keane and uh, maybe it's a Cork thing Hey at Cork City FC nice to meet you too we're Legia 14 time Polish champion 19 time domestic cup holder and our players are able to score two goals without shooting so we're not impressed see you in a few weeks I'm not sure what that's about it's uh, it's bad it's, banter yeah. yeah, but bad. anyway, um, I, 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 I've been, I've, I'm going to do a kind of a, a Dave Barry on it here and base my knowledge of Leggy on a game I saw two years ago. <laughs> Although In Cork. Dave Barry, <laughs> yeah, you have to say like Dave Barry was like. Mlada Boleslav, he was referencing his playing a, a Czech team in Europe in the early nineties. <laughs> anyway, I think Cork having to hope here. Being honest, having to hope is a bit strong, I would say. Um, but it, it's definitely a really tough draw when you consider they could have got I think Helsinki or Malmo. They would have fancied those. Even Legia, Rosenberg. Legia and Rosenberg, yeah. Legia at this round last year beat a Finnish team 9-0 and the Finns would have been in mid-season. And that was the one year where Helsinki didn't win it as a team called Marihan got in. It was a bit of a blip. But um, they then lost to Astana in the next round. And like this is the third time they've played an Irish club in five years. Um, against Pats. Pats did catch them cold in pre-season the first game over there. Nearly could have won it till injury time like you hammered them at Tala. Although Pats were in that game, you know, until 60 minutes. The dark ran them close. Um, Legia won the league by three points this year. They've got two players in the World Cup squad. You've got to hope that they're a small bit complacent and that it is the first game of their season and they come to Turner's Cross and they're just not quite at it. And Cork have something to defend going to Poland. And in fairness, you talk about the way Cork play and they don't keep the ball well enough probably for Europe and so on. But if they had a decent result here, to go away 
Nilal. to Warsaw with a lot of pressure on them. Like, I wouldn't completely rule it out. It's a tough draw. John Caulfield has said it's the toughest draw they could have got. I think of the five that they had, I think it probably is. Um, Shane Sobbles? They're, they're outsiders. Yeah, it's a, it is a really tough draw for Cork. Um, but I think Turner's Cross is a tough place to go for anyone. Um, and that will be... Obviously, both legs are important, but I think, as you say, if they're in Turner's Cross... The first, first one, yeah. if, they, if they don't concede in that game... Yeah. They have a chance, yeah. They've got a chance. Yeah, so um, you'd hope so. Um, it is a tough place to go, as I said, Turner's Cross. It's a great place um, to play your football um, if you're a Cork, a Cork player with the crowd, that crowd behind you in the shed as well. I just hope they turn the showers on for Leggy um, <laughs> when they go down there. What's that supposed to mean? <laughs> <laughs> being honest uh, yeah what, what? La- last couple of times we've been down there the showers have been freezing I don't know if that's uh, on purpose but otherwise it's, it's the showers uh, have which at this time of year isn't probably the worst thing but like the showers haven't actually been working properly no they've been freezing just the home or away dress room yeah, it's presumed <laughs> just the away. <laughs> yeah, I, presume I, I, the I know away. that I know people in the league got on very well, but you wouldn't head into the home dressing room for a shower. No, we were tempted to. Some of the lads were now. Um, that was last week, was it? Yeah, yeah, but. I said otherwise I love playing down on Turner's Cross um, it is a great ground to play in you know the pitch is excellent the fans are um, are brilliant um, they get behind their team they give you awful abuse but it's a, it's a great ground to play in and it'll be vital to Cork getting through obviously yeah the, and the one thing is as well they, they got a bit of luck I guess that they got to buy through to the third yeah. round of the Europa League if they lose so if they lose how did that happen Dan well, well? The, there was one team just the, there was an uneven number so one team gets a buy through like we had a thing a couple of years back where like a cup winner got a buy was it one of the clubs here benefited as well um, it just happens and they just happen to get through the draw have established now that they won't get the prize money for that second qualifying round so it's not as if Dubai has been worth another round's mm. worth of money to them but still they're going to be guaranteed I think something like 820 grand or something like that regardless that's if they lose uh, both ties that they play if it is that they just play two ties but um, it means they're, going to, they're, they're guaranteed to be involved in European football to the middle of August and if they do lose to Warsaw um, they might have a two-week break there when the dock potentially could be playing in Europe. Mm. So it, it's it's probably worked out worked out quite well for them that if they lose to Legia, unlike champions in recent years, they don't lose one tie and they're done. Whatever happens, they've got European football. But yeah, and I don't fancy them to go through. I wouldn't back them to go through. But I wouldn't discount the possibility of this tie being a bit closer than your sort of definitive no chance description. Like you think you know if they have Delaney. And Bennett and they have some experienced players through the spine of the team. That if they had something to protect, like I think the days are gone of our teams, you know, being absolutely taken apart. Like Derry were taken apart last year, but they were their approach was a bit cavalier. You know, cavalier. I don't think Cork are ever going to be cavalier, you know. So I think. I think they're capable of being competitive in the tie. Probably odds, you know, the, if, they're if, probably if, about the seeded team always goes, yeah. percentages of seeded teams going through in that round is mad and it's no surprise with the resources that are there. Um, the, you know, there has been obviously a bit of criticism about Cork and, and all that, but their actual results in Europe aren't bad. Like, you know, since Caulfield took over, they beat Hacken. They were competitive against Yeah, Gank. they had that disaster against the Icelandic team in his first year. Apart from that, shocking, but he, in yeah. fairness, yeah, and... Obviously, that was that was horrible. Hey, and whatever happens now, Mark McNulty can take the microphone at the end of the year and say they got through three rounds of Europe because technically they have. They're going to be in the Europa League, Europa League third qualifying round. 
He can say that factually. Is there any chance this game wouldn't be in Turner's Cross? They, they'll definitely play the home game. Oh, 100% Turner's yeah. Cross. Because yeah, the Dundalk Legia game was a great... Uh, ah, no, 100% yeah. Turner's Cross. It's going to clash at the World Cup semi-final, actually. But, but either way, no, no, Turner's Cross. Play there as long as you can. What's you know? your take on the on the title race, Shane? Um, you've Obviously, you're well familiar with both these teams now. Yeah, and it's obviously a two-horse race. Um, very different styles in, in football. Um, both teams play... Um, I don't know, Cork are, are dogged um, against us the other night again. Dogged. You know, they're they're well organised, um well organised outfit. They don't concede many goals. Um so I wouldn't be surprised if they went on to win it. Um Dundalk probably played a bit more expansive football, but again are, are solid at the back again, they're not conceding goals either. Um and with Huben up front, you know, a fellow who's on fire. Um How good is he actually? He's probably the best I've seen in the in the league. Well, certainly this year, anyway. Um, very strong, physical, physical guy. You know, um, our lads had our hands full with him, but he can score different types of goals as well. I think, um, and he's a, a massive plus for them for them this year to have him and keeping him fit. I think is going to be key because I don't know if they have much back. No, I think Georgie Kelly is going to be coming yeah. in, so that'll that'll. I mean, Tagbajumi yeah. is maybe finding his feet a bit, but Georgie Kelly seems like he's coming in. Yeah, so that'll, I think Sam Bourne there maybe as well, but mm. not quite quite fit enough um, at the moment. But yeah, Pat has been um, a revelation, I suppose, for them this year. Just we're coming. Time is uh, catching up on us here. You did you did mention earlier, Shane, about Seamus McDonough saying to you about going back. To England, <laughs> yeah. like, has the call up made you think in that way? No, at all? no, no, it's probably made me think more the way I have been thinking and always have thought like that. I want to stay, stay where I am, um, in the what, league. Why so? Because I'm happy now where I am at, um, I suppose. Um, I'm a little bit older, I, I, I don't have the, I suppose, maybe the ambition is the word you want to call it. I don't know, um, to go back to England, like, I don't. Like Ipswich Town was a club I came through as a kid. I'd have an affiliation with them. Um, you know, I I enjoyed playing with them. I would feel part, you know, part of that club. Mm. Um, it'd be hard for me to go and play somewhere that I wouldn't be affiliated to or to have, pack have up a again. for kind of yeah. yeah. It just doesn't that doesn't interest me at all at all. I suppose like I'm really happy at Bowles and I, I love it there. You know, since I've come back, it's been brilliant. The manager Keith has been. Unbelievable, you know. Um, but Trevor Crawley, not too fond of your clobber, though. Yeah, I see that. Yeah, well, Trevor has a few dodgy outfits as well, but yeah. he tends to get changed in the car so no one sees them before he comes into training. <laughs> um, so <laughs> his dodgy jumpers or short jumper combos as well. Um, but the two of them, two guys together, have been, you know, have been brilliant for the club. But it's just for us both to kick on now, you know, and not just stay where we are and be happy. Um, I think it needs a little bit of. I don't know investment. Obviously, our situation being members on and that, mm. but we need to we need to come up with something. I think to to kick us on because every year, you know, I think we're punching above our weight. Well, mm. We definitely are, and they said the job Keith has done has been unbelievable. But I think he needs a bit more support from other areas if we if we can if we can manage to put that together, just to push us up because it's a club that if we manage to get back competing with the likes of Dundalk, Cork, you know, for those European spots, it would be an unbelievable place to be. Um, as well so whether that's going to be true you know maybe a good cup run or that it's, uh, that's the only way obviously this year it's going it's to happen did you did you find there was other members of the Ireland squad that, that, that 
don't understand your perspective on that like did you get yeah, any comments yeah, about definitely, it yeah definitely yeah well i had a chat to a few of the lads i wouldn't know them and that from playing with them underage or that or even over in england and some of them haven't got i can't grasp it at all and a lot, a lot of people can't grasp it and i understand that completely but that's who i am unfortunately unfortunately for me um so but like the likes of seamus coleman and that and i suppose his background you mm. know up in donegal and you know ga understands that whole ethos um there as well he could understand and I just had a good chat with him one of the nights about you know football and the way it's going and um how it's evolved i suppose since i've 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 left the game over there mm. and young lads coming through and i suppose their sense of entitlement as well it's it's probably gone to another level i think with the money involved and the, the money lads are getting at such a young age mm. um i definitely think it's not a place i'd like to be um be around so I think Seamus came out about the, the Everton dressing room and, you know, what they need to do to yeah. improve things uh, going forward. So it's it's difficult and I, I just wouldn't be able to. It wouldn't be for you. Um, be. Do, you see, do you think getting back into a squad is feasible again, though? I don't know. Really, obviously, I got in because there's a lot of injuries and stuff like that. You know, I, listen, I'm based in I'm based in Dublin. It was handy, I suppose, as well. Mm. I was down around the corner and that. Um, so I'm realistic in that sense. Um, maybe if there's injuries again going forward and I keep my performances up and things are going well on that front it will be but it's not an aim of mine to get back into the squad you know it was a massive bonus it was great for Bowes for the league um, I would love to get a few minutes obviously on the pitch but um, I knew that wasn't going to happen but no it's not it's not something I'm, I'm looking to, to do it's it's very difficult as well I had to go down and play obviously play Chamber Growers at home on the Friday didn't train the next day they were flying out then to, to Paris and that so I didn't get much time yeah training. you were there but you weren't there so yeah, yeah and then obviously the Limerick game the following Friday so it's very difficult to do that and obviously the game the, f the following Saturday or the Saturday after the Limerick game so if I was to play I don't know whether the body would be able to yeah. um, as well so it's not ideal for League of Ireland players to get in and still to play obviously Graham was allowed to miss the game um, on the Friday night for the uh, for Rovers so which was great in the end for him because he started for Ireland I think they obviously knew that so um, but yeah it's not I don't think it's ideal for lads being called in like that with our situation obviously the summer football and that um, but you never know. Never know. John, we want to mention a, a charity event coming up, don't we? We do, yeah. Um, my um, random meetings with uh, League of Ireland personnel last week, last week, I met outside the air building, I met Owen Heary, he was doing his uh, day job, um, and he mentioned to, he actually asked me to plug this as well, and uh, Northsiders have been asked to support a charity soccer match taking place June 23. Um, this Saturday coming, That's Saturday, right? yeah. For a little girl from Ballymun who needs a heart and lung block transfer, uh, transplant, Hallie Foley, three years of age, has been so far refused a transplant on medical grounds and is living on borrowed time. Um, her family are devastated and want to create as many happy memories for her as possible. And the game's on at three o'clock. It's League of Ireland Legends versus a National Garda team. Um, your father was a well, yeah, Garda detective, yeah. Are you? Are you um, He's not playing. You're not involved. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not. You're not involved in the game, are you? No, I haven't. Uh, you could I play for either. Nice. What with your <laughs> pri prison, prison uh, connections yeah, as yeah, well yeah, in Mount yeah, Joy. Yeah. So, so where's that on, Johnny? Um, so it's in Daily Mount. Yeah, it is actually. There was one there the weekend just gone. I thought maybe that was it, but I think there is uh, obviously another one coming up. So yeah, and uh, the the League of Ireland team features well-known players, including some who have represented the Republic of Ireland. Um, I'm not all that aware of the details of who's playing, but it doesn't really matter because it's obviously a great yeah. cause. And if you're not doing anything on Saturday around, nice the I think it's nice weather this weekend. So yeah, um, so so that's just to mention that and three o'clock uh, yeah. at three o'clock, yeah, in Dalymount Park, and um, 
Yeah, it was actually fresh from a, f- a fundraising tournament as well. The Hano Cup in, in, in Chicor on Saturday met a few um, Pats characters who were really annoyed about the refereeing in the Sligo game, but uh, we've got knocked out of the group stages, so I don't really know what happened in that. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I think that's about it, Dan. Is we've, we've no well, preview. I think we're done. No, nothing to preview this week. Um, I'll, be, I'll not be here next week. I'll be dotting in from... Russia or somewhere like that. So you're anxious to go for a pint later on, are you? Just uh, you're. You, you, uh, this is a very Irish mentality. It's, it'll be my last pint again as for a while. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's it's pragmatic, like you know. No, I no, mean, no, no. There is an element of I listen to the show. I won't be around for a few weeks. Like we'll get a couple in later on, so we might we might do that. Shane, you like the Guinness as well. It'll be partial. Yeah, there'll be one or two over the next few days before we're back in on Sunday morning. So. Do you get guidelines from um, the managers in terms of what to do, what not to do? Uh, the lads get a little program on that, but are they following on? I'm not sure, but he thinks he trusts us enough to be responsible. So hopefully Wardy and Rob are behaving themselves over in Bulgaria at the moment. Bulgaria? Rob, that'll Cornwall, be the worry, yeah. That'll be the worry they're, for me. They're in Bulgaria? Yeah. I think the Keith weather Ward is and supposed to be horrendous. So <laughs> <laughs> did they get a deal, did they get a deal somewhere? Or <laughs> I think, uh, think Rob's Ra- family are loaded, I think. So he's... Uh, Silver spoon, so it's got a house over there or something. <laughs> got an so. apartment in Bulgaria during the crash or something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Actually, I, I probably shouldn't mention this, but I was talking to uh, Mark Roster at the thing on Saturday, and he was telling me about playing with Keith Ward right. and Stephen <laughs> O'Donnell, and he was like, like Keith Ward would go for these like aud- audacious passes, like you know, all the time, and uh, Stephen O'Donnell would be like, "What are you at, Wardy? Wardy, just keep the ball, yeah." And Roster would be like, "Ah, Jesus, will you just like you know take the simple pass?" And Keith Ward would go. Rossi, if there is a 1% chance I'm making this, I'm kicking it over there. And that's <laughs> Sounds it. like a hardy hardy. <laughs> so, uh, anyway, so enjoy the rest of the um, the midweek break. Yeah, thanks for coming on, Shane, again. Cheers, yeah, and um, hopefully you've uh, good end to the season. And um, yeah, hopefully we might see you in, in the Premier Division next year with our, so- our Saudi overlords. <laughs> Dan, uh, have a good time in Russia. How long are you gone for? Uh, three and a half weeks, I think. What are we going to do podcast-wise? I don't know. We haven't figured out. We'll do what we normally do, John, and figure it out on the run beforehand. <laughs> figure it out on the day. Yeah. Um, and uh, thanks for listening.